0: Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 26. Uh, we're in a bit of a mood tonight, aren't we, Tommy? We're in a bit of a mood. Um, no introductions. We're just straight into it because that was a... Uh, we've just witnessed a bit of a disaster from the Ollie Roos after such a promising start to this tournament. On the bright side, we've got the Matildas to talk about, I guess. So that'll give us some uh, some joy. And I just said no intros, but here I am ranting in an intro. <laughs> Tommy, you can't help yourself. What have you got? You can't help yourself. I was just going to say, Sam, I don't
1: know what you're talking about. I'm up and about. We had two gold, three bronze. It's been a Herculean effort by the Olympians today. Ah, Um, Everyone, everyone in action, uh, you know, up until about 8.30 p.m. when Graham Arnold's dump-shaped mug appears on our screens Mm -hmm. across many channels, five Mm -hmm. of them, six, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know how
0: many channels. There's about six channel changes. Uh, I don't know. They've got 47,000 channels to choose from online, apparently. Channel seven. You can watch it on. So if you if you want, you can watch it on there. You can watch it in whatever language you feel as well. Can um, you really? That's cool. Nah, you can't. I'm just dribbling <laughs> shit. Um Unfortunately, this isn't the Night Shift Olympics podcast because it doesn't exist. <laughs> but,
1: it should be. Wait, can we start talking about rowing uh, or swimming or something?
0: We've got to touch on this. Let's talk about the Titmus. Come on. The Titmus. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it now. Yeah, no, congrats to any Aussie that's done well. But uh, uh, Rowan Dennis today in the cycling got himself a bronze. Good on Yeah. That. Yeah. Good on everyone else. I don't know their names because I don't really watch it, to be honest, because the Olympics... In reality, is like let's be, it's like forty percent sport taking place, sixty percent people being given flowers and listening to national anthems. Uh, that's the Olympics. They're
1: giving them. They're giving them themselves flowers at the moment because of COVID protocols. So, yeah. Well, there you go. No, the, Olymp- um, the Olympics have been good, except for the Ollie ruse. Is my basic assumption of this whole thing. That's my deduction. Okay. I should say.
0: Yeah. So let's dive straight into tonight. Uh, where do we start with this game um, very disappointed I'd say we'll start with I think we both had the same opinion from the, t- the team from the outset pretty baffled by the change of shape and the selections
1: it took me so long to figure out just who was in the team initially and then how they were lining up where they were supposed to be in attacking in defensive phases that first half we were completely and totally dominated we were out we were outrun. We were outpassed. We were outcoached. You know,
0: do you think we went in
1: there looking for a draw? Is that what the idea was?
0: It honest, it feels that way. It looked that way as well. I think there's always a concern when you. We'll touch on shape and uh, Arnold's coaching a little bit in a little bit, but I just have this Mark Bosnich tweet up. Uh, he obviously clearly thinks we were set up just to go out for a draw defensively. Uh, Mark Bosnitz tweeted So in the end The opening game Was wasted Congratulations Egypt Just a small ob- observation Setting up defensively Against a team Who hadn't scored yet All tournament Is a recipe For sowing seeds In your players minds That we cannot be Our true selves Leads to doubt I don't know what XMB means Because I'm young But that's on the end
1: He always signs off With X Like kiss and MB is Mark Bosnich. Uh, okay. <laughs> every tweet, every tweet.
0: God, I'm getting old. But yeah, there you go. Nah,
1: Bosnich is just a baffling character. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although, in this that, instance, what do you think of that? 100% correct. Yeah, 100% correct. Because yeah. we, we really gave, I thought the big um, takeaway from the Argentina win was Arnold's ability to instill a winning mentality amongst his players. Yep. And Mark Bosnich 100%. is absolutely spot on. He yep. set them out there to lose, essentially, and that's what we
0: did. Yeah, it looked that way. It's really tough. You know, it's not good when you're like, obviously, like, we're no experts, but when you're looking at it on TV and you can't figure out what the shape is meant to be um, for periods of time because it's just all over the place. And then just decisions like... <laughs> after half-time changing it because we needed to moving Thomas Deng to right-back things like that I know Mike playing a back four now a guy who's been man of the match in the at centre-back I thought I was really excited this tournament in both the Spain and Argentina games about Sutar and Deng at centre-back both of them Agreed. in the because kind of like, when they're both central in the park and they both can get on the ball um, really like that and it just kind of took our captain out of the game a bit to be honest because he looked a bit lost. Um, we got overrun in the midfield early, with the five at the back, because you just had uh, Denny and Metcalf, the centre mid. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they were getting overrun. They looked lost. Genro had a bit of a shocker of a half, and I have to say, it's not entirely on him. It's on Arnold, that as well. Uh, because of the getting overrun, they were making mistakes. Um, he got replaced at halftime, Drag, harsh. Yeah. Real
1: harsh. Cause what what did Bacchus bring when he Come on anyway? He was brought into a similar situation, if not a worse situation.
0: Yeah. Well I'm surprised Bacchus maybe didn't start given that Arnold used him for minutes already in the other two games. I thought True. he might yeah, exactly. straight in and we would either way, I just would have thought we'd stick with the four three three that worked yeah. against Argentina. Just um, straight swap the, you know? the
1: cautioned players. The guys that are suspended straight swap them. Yep. It doesn't – like I uh, think you messaged me before the game. Why is Connor – why is Devlin not getting a go, Connor? Why is Cameron Devlin not getting a go? Yep. He had a great season for Wellington. Yep. He's just come back to Australia now. He would have been perfect in the Riley role. And if not, maybe boot maybe boot Metcalf up because he was – by the end of the game, he was probably the guy that should have been halftime subbed because his decision-making while fatigued was not great um, towards the end yeah. of that there was a few chances where he got in behind and his delivery was imperfect. And there was a few times where he shot in front of, you know, a wall of defenders and just blazed it over the bar. He, you know, like you said, you can't blame them too much because they were left with no, they were, no, they were left with no forward mobility and they were left with no cover defensively. And it just looked disjointed from the outset. Um, we really missed Riley McGree. We really missed Atkinson at fullback. Yep. But I don't know that that is the excuse for the loss tonight. The excuse... Well, there's no excuses. It's we tinkered with the formation and we played the wrong formation yep. and we were beat by half time. We couldn't get back yep. in it.
0: I think uh, it's probably important to give Egypt some credit too. They're no slouches.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely, yes. We have a tendency in Australia to do this.
0: Yeah. Obviously, given the Argentina result and how well we played against Spain... Uh, well, mm-hmm. how well we played defensively at least against Spain uh, it kind of makes this loss look a lot worse but when we went into this group we thought that Egypt would maybe be the game where we can maybe scrape a point and the other two yeah. two games we'd get beat and finish bottom of the group so I mean yeah we like Bozza said we'll have the Argentina win but it's very disappointing after showing what we can do when the players have that desire to win and then The opposite of that is what we saw tonight.
1: Definitely. I I agree with you. We should give Egypt credit because they identified us as the game in the group that they could win. Because they went out and they ground out um, draws against Spain. Did they draw against Argentina? They must have to finish on five points. Yeah, they must have. And so they did their job against the two big sides. Yeah. And, you know, they built up to this game against us. And now they get the glamour tie with Brazil. Which, you know, fortunate for them Because that would have been shocking for us, I imagine
0: <laughs> Yeah, coming up against Richarlison and Douglas Lewis Alves. Yeah,
1: as much as I like our central defensive partnership Richarlison would have tore him a new
0: one. Oh, it terrifies me, yeah um, I was thinking towards the end of the game It looked like, I don't know, not to make excuses It looked like we may have run our race And there was like the tired legs like some of the... Like Joe King, especially. Joe King, yeah. That's who came this, to mind. It's hard to know how much of this to put down to Arnold's management of the squad. And then maybe the selections of making sure we have enough players in the squad to do different roles. Um, so that you can rotate a bit. Because it's hard to know. We don't know really know which clubs... Obviously, you said there were clubs that wouldn't allow players to come and stuff. I don't know. You know, it's just just a bit of a mess.
1: I read a comment online and I think it's a decent conversation point about perhaps our squad depth. We have a couple of good players and since a few of them had too many yellows, there was nothing but a draw to hold on to. So this is the comment by this person that I'm reading. Um, This is because of the development system. That is the problem. We don't produce competent players and it should all come into question. The talent ID, the pay-for-play system, the micromanagement of players through SAP, youth and MPL, all of it. Is this, you know, we gave the A-League a lot of credit against the Argentina win because a lot of the boys play in in the A-League. But is the problem when our best players are out because of suspension or injury or they haven't been released, there isn't a pool of talent back home. That is sufficient to cover, you know, Egypt. Yeah, I get it. They are a, an African powerhouse, and they are, an, they were an Olympic powerhouse as well. They've got, you know, they've got a long-standing history in this competition. And it is very Australian of us to look at Egypt and think, oh, we should beat this nation because what do we know about Egypt? Nothing. But um you know there's no there was no reason we should have beaten them and it's and it 's become absolutely clear that we are not good enough to beat these teams regularly or play consistently well against them
0: yeah yeah no i agree with agree with most of those points you read out about the the talent depth. I just still you know if I feel like we maybe had enough though if we had set up properly and played with that positive mindset we did against Argentina that we had against Argentina like once you go out there with that negative attitude, it's just so hard to turn around. And once you go a goal down with that attitude, it's just, you're always going uphill. It's, it's never going to end well. Um, depth aside, I would rather have like gone out swinging and playing well tonight than just yeah. sitting back and kind of taking it. Because at no point tonight did we look like getting anything out of this game. Like from the first minute, it always looked like we were going home and we just kind of had to sit there and take it and watch it spend two hours of our Wednesday night just putting up with it.
1: Yeah, it was funny watching my housemates peel off one by one as the realization that the game was slipping away from us and then gone. And it was <laughs> there was like a, just a joint look at each other. Yeah, this is we're not getting back into this game. <laughs> May as well go to yeah. bed. This Get sucks. ready for work tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, this sucks essentially. And it's like you said, it's predicated on such hype and enthusiasm for this side because of the Argentina win because of the really resolute and empowered Spain performance and then for this to come out tonight oh it was always on the cards but it is just immensely disappointing but you know alternatively I listened to a Guardian podcast during the week that said the Oli Roos weren't even supposed to be in this tournament so maybe we are being again <laughs> overly critical of this team and this nation
0: <laughs> uh, we might be I don't think we're being over critical of us as a footballing nation because I think we know that we can be better We have It's not like we don't have The resources to be better True Yeah We're a first world like country we do And We're just not getting it right um, One thing I wanted to point out Was like You know Looking at that disjointedness tonight Obviously we've When we talked about the Argentina game uh, Obviously we talk about it as a good result Because that's what it was It was a good result mm-hmm. Was it necessarily a great performance? Probably not And I think Tonight is the example of how how it can look when that goes wrong and what we really saw tonight is kind of what the I made this I messaged you this earlier during the game but what we were watching is pretty much exactly how the Socceroos look but the Socceroos got away with it because they were playing the likes of Chinese Taipei yeah <laughs> and because
1: was, the quality difference quality on the was other
0: was able way. to balance it out but, exactly it's on the other end of the shoe now yeah um, and that Tonight, that's what worries me the most about this result, to be honest. It's just the kind of same feelings and similar disjointed style of football or lack of style of football. Uh, A reliance on your good players to get the job done. Like, there's been a massive reliance on Arzani to do something special. Um, Riley a bit as well. Sending Mitch Duke up there just to run around and be a nuisance. This is like amateur stuff. And... That's exactly how I feel when I watch the Socceroos too. And this is a big concern with, with Graham Arnold coaching.
1: Yeah, it's exactly like him at 60 minutes throwing the, the, the centre back on, uh, Jay Rich, the, yeah. center, um, the Crystal Palace under 23s captain. Yeah. He's a defender. What on earth are you doing throwing him up forward? It's, I didn't know. And it, Harry Sutter pretty much for 20 minutes played up top as well, We just Who else? They're a the physical match? side. Well, Caleb Watts didn't come on until five minutes to go, which just does not make any sense to me because he's an attacker with Premier League or youth Premier League experience as well. And and when he came on, the link up and interplay he had with Arzani for five minutes looked better than anything Tilio and Arzani did for the entire second half. Just to bring up on the point about Arzani as well, if we're going to put an over reliance on this guy, how about we start him? I just. He was immense when he came on. He was everything creative for us. And we, we gave him a bit of shit after the first game because he wasn't that good.
0: No, he this was the game. game. He,
1: yeah, but this was it. This is where he came to life. And he was great. Pretty much everything he yeah. did was great.
0: He, um, I don't know, we do this thing in Australia where like <laughs> he was copying a lot online for, you know, that chance he had on the edge of the box to keep us saved. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> If that chance falls to Messi, he doesn't score it every single time. Why do we expect someone like Azani to? Like, when we put we put so much pressure on our good players to be better than what they are, and like you said, an overreliance on them, this desperate need for like, oh, when's the second golden generation? That can't be helping either. But yeah, if we got no, exactly. Like, yeah, go on. No, I was going to say when
1: Nazani broke through the first uh, moniker he gets is the next Harry Kiel, and that you are straight yeah. away hamstringing these players by doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the guy. I think he's talented. Obviously he's got some stuff he could work on but he was one of the few players out there really creating stuff tonight. So he needs he needs to be playing more he needs to get more game time. He could probably should probably be in the Socceroos camp um, even if just to be there with everyone else see what happens. Um, but I just, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this apart from just slagging off Graham Arnold. Like it's, it's tough.
1: Well, we, we haven't really done that yet. And we've talked about the way that he sets his teams up and the way that his teams perform. But, it, you know, individually now, you got to look at Arnold's international career and it is just failure after failure after failure. And the writing is on the wall now. You know, if we, if we struggle to qualify for World Cup, we're in, a really, uh, we're in a really tricky, dangerous position of not qualifying for this. Just given the strength of the Asian Confederation at the moment, they have caught up to us. We've been caught up to.
0: That's something that they've like, Asia has focused on since we moved from Oceania yeah. to Asia and we were one of the big boys straight away. Everyone else is caught up now and all these other countries that are football is their number one sport and they're pumping the money into it and the resources into it and trying to do it properly and we're still sitting here kind of we're still doing the same things that we were doing thinking that it's just going to be okay and it's just not clearly it's not and i i have genuine fears for our world cup qualification chances as much as i don't give a shit if we go to qatar or not i'd rather we yeah, just different didn't different point size to not go but i'd rather qualify and not go than, yes that'd be uh, a much better statement than miss out on even qualifying um
1: imagine imagine not qualifying and then be like "Eh, we weren't gonna go anyway what does it matter yeah,
0: yeah. uh so yeah that's that's about all i got for that
1: it sounds very like familiar to the covid vaccine rollout at the moment we had this huge head start against the rest of, you know, our comparable nations, and then we just pissed <laughs> it away.
0: And now we're playing catch-up again. Yeah. Now we need to go back to playing Tonga and American Samoa. Take us back. Take us back. Give me John Aloisi scoring nine against the old enemy, Tonga.
1: Yeah. I loved, I loved when Vanuatu would travel to Hindmarsh. That was one of my favourite outings. Mike Bosnich
0: taking penalties against... Island Nations. <laughs> yeah. What a time to be alive as a soccer Coked out of his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have you got anything else on the Oli Roos? Do we want to make uh, it positive and talk about what we liked in the in the Spain game? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the centre-back partnership. I think Deng yeah, and well, think are probably going to play. That's what I was getting at.
1: Yeah, that, I think, especially after... Um, sort of had a really good full championship season with Stoke. He's getting a little bit of talk amongst Premier League clubs as well. There are definitely sides. I think you will see now in the championship sides that are looking to mount a proper promotion challenge will be looking to bring him in. Um, He has huge ability, huge potential. And likewise with Thomas Dang, they are both... He's huge. Future, yeah, future socceroos, I think. And, you know, Tommy Dang had the best opportunity... Oh, uh, maybe D'Agostino aside had the best opportunity of the game. And if it wasn't for the goalkeeper, he would have equalized. Yeah. And, you know, his impact on the tournament would have been so different, you know, in hindsight, if that had gone in. So, he was yep. that one chance away from really nailing himself down as an Australian icon, I think. He's definitely a big one to come. Who's
0: he playing yep. for? Urua? Red Diamonds? Unsure... Uh, but just a, a huge tournament from him with the armband as well, winning, a, getting a man of the match award as well. Um, in the Argentina game, he got man of the match, I believe.
1: Yeah, yep. deserved it totally.
0: And the other one, like this is all basically the, the Spain game. I don't think was anything to do with uh, being well coached. I think obviously we were set out. We set out to hold them off, and we we kinda we nearly got away with it. It probably could have been more goals. Uh, it was a pretty solid performance and there was a lot to like from some individuals there. One in particular was um, Atkinson at right back. We talked about it last week after the Argentina game, but we had someone message and say that he should probably be looked at in the Socceroos over Ryan Grant and it's hard to disagree with that. 100%.
1: I'm on, I'm on this train. Um, Atkinson should be the starting right back for the Socceroos, I think. Especially he had a great season in the A-League. He's had a great Olympic campaign now. I think you'll see him more and more coming into this second stage of uh, World Cup qualifying. You know, I'm not sure what his ceiling is. I think his next move is probably Asia. I think he'll probably Probably. go to Japan, Korea. Yeah. Which isn't a bad move. Isn't a bad move for him and a player of his quality. Um, You know, potentially, maybe he gets a move to Belgium or one of the Scandinavian nations and can try, try his arm at Europe. But... Otherwise, he's a great player and he's a weapon going forward, and we definitely missed him against Egypt. It would have been a different game if he was playing. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, well, he's done his he's done his football career a few favors, I think, over the last the last week, those handful of games, because uh, an under twenty three tournament, you know that people would be watching. So um, I don't necessarily mean he's going around Madrid, but you know, like you said, a move to Asia or something like that, people would be watching.
1: Yeah, another season in Melbourne, and then potentially he goes overseas, hopefully, and that'll further his career. So there's been, there's been some good stories come out of the Olympic campaign, despite all the doom and gloom. Alzani coming back is great. I think the defensive four, you could say, even uh, I think Joel King was great. Yeah. Definitely yeah. tired in the last 15 minutes of this Egypt game, but...
0: Yeah, he'd lost his legs a bit towards the end. But, but Yeah, which three is fair. He in that heat. In the off-season. Exactly.
1: In the, in the space of a week, like, come yeah. on. Um, but otherwise, a lot of work, a lot of work to do with this Oli Roos team now. I don't know where they go from here. There's probably a, a, a continental championship coming up, I imagine, where it has to be just under 23s. But, you know, reflecting on the campaign, is it a failure? No, because it's pretty much gone how we thought it would go you know maybe we've even picked yeah. up more points than we anticipated
0: we've picked up more so maybe than i anticipated we would so
1: yeah so maybe it's a positive but yeah. it's just it kind of sucks. The thing, when you
0: put it in the context of beating argentina first and then failing to get anything else out of it that's what kind of sucks bit of a kick in the teeth had we just lost to argentina 1-0 or something and then lost to spain 1-0 and then lost to egypt we would been like ah, that was shit but yeah <laughs> But because we beat Argentina and we obviously, as Australians, we were like, oh, fuck yeah, now nah, we're back. It's truth. <laughs> we're gonna it's win the, the hope that kills you. It's the next goal of the nation. Yeah, they're
1: coming through, mate. It's Mitch coming Jukes. home. Mitch Jukes, the next Faduca. Oh, <laughs> how many goals did Mitch score again in this tournament? Exactly.
0: We might leave that. Good left. decision. How about we uh, swing it around and talk about a team that is going well and a team that I thought were going to struggle given how they were before this tournament and their form leading into it but the Matildas have been they've done enough they've gotten through and they've got a final coming up
1: exciting big game as well team GB this will be a really good contest it should set uh, tongues wagging I think across the uh, across the transatlantic I don't know oceans <laughs> whatever it is wherever the fucking UK is this would be a good game But the Matildas Entirely deserve to be In this Qualifying In the knockout stages Despite finishing third um, They were in another tricky group I think both Both the Matildas and the group. Oli Roos Got tough groups They got really tough yeah. groups And so You know Third place team goes through You can sort of manage the group A little bit differently And that's exactly what they did Against the USA They knew they only needed a point So they went out yeah. there And they got the point And that's it Job done
0: yeah. job done. They're through. Um, the did you you kept an eye on these games, the Sweden game the other week, four two loss.
1: I did watch these, yeah. I'm fully invested in this.
0: Sweden looked uh, Sweden looked pretty good. Sweden and Netherlands. Sweden looked great. We think it's yeah. gonna be around the mark. And now that Australia's into the quarterfinals, mm, we'd have to be in the mix too. I don't know what Brazil are I like think- these days. I think we're a medal chance um, for sure. When, I mean, once you get into the
1: semis, you're, you're guaranteed a shot at a medal. So we've yep. just got to beat Team GB and get ourselves into that position. We seem to fall short in the quarterfinal stages often in Olympics. I think it's happened the last two times. Um, this is a really huge, massive opportunity. There's a there's a few players in this in this squad at the at the you know the last end of their cycle, especially in the Olympics. Yeah. There's a few of these that aren't going to get another goal at this. So. This is our golden generation for the Matildas. And this is it's going to be such a great contest. I think it will just be a massive, crazy, yeah, it's great game. for them
0: now. Um, but I think they're going to have, I think there's a lot of upside to the future for the Matildas, given the growth of the game in general. So, that like the women's game in general across the world. So, um, like we're getting a lot of players now going off and joining like the English Super League and stuff like that. Uh, playing, in, playing overseas and then kind of coming back and playing in like the US or in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a lot of definitely, upside, but there's a few of this squad are probably, this may maybe their last cracker.
1: The best example of the, the youth coming through is Mary Fowler, who got a start, a last minute start because Caelan um, Ford had to pull out. I'm not sure exactly why. It might've yep. been just a niggle or injury picked up in the, in the warm up. but uh, Mary Fowler obviously played for Adelaide United. Yeah. Uh, not this season gone on the previous season before getting that big signing away to Montpellier so she's had a full season now playing and she's just 18 like don't forget this girl is so young uh, had a full season scored five goals in the French first division and she was electric like imagine Arzani's performance tonight but over 90 minutes she was brilliant she had the best chance of the game against the US like if that is the future of women's football in Australia we have such a huge advantage on many other you know competing women's nations I think we have raw natural talent coming through who are gifted footballers like Fowler's intuition in the box the way she attacks the game um, reads the play her link up play with Sam Kerr was brilliant yeah she's just such a huge talent and something you know a really big asset to come out of this Olympic campaign and something to watch for you know years to come It's it's great to see
0: yeah 100% um We've said it before a hundred million times And we're going to say it for another We're going to say it another hundred million But Sam Kerr is an absolute weapon Oh, bow down Banging in goals She missed a penalty, I believe but uh, She did And that it caused debate
1: It caused debate because she's not the greatest penalty taker in the world She has missed penalties before and there is uh, there's, there's questions over whether or not she should be taking these. But if your yeah. striker's on a hat trick, they're always going to take the ball to score a hat
0: trick, regardless of the situation. And I'm pretty happy with strikers. If strike if a striker wants the penalty, they get it. They should get it. Yeah, if yeah. they feel comfortable, take it's their it. Their Yeah, that's exactly um, right. I don't like we've. We went over this with the Euro stuff, but like, I hate getting into these debates about, oh, should he be? Should, th- should they be taking a penalty? Should they not be? Because like Messi and Ronaldo miss penalties. So, like, it doesn't matter. It happens. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um,
1: and you and I score penalties on a Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> the best miss. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what we're saying is we're as good as Messi. Basically, I'm glad you read into that properly. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're 100 That's us. That's if you're listening with the Australian Messi and Ronaldo. There you go Someone pay me 500,000 euros a week Please No I'll complain about it And want an upgrade next year Yeah of course <laughs> Oh um, Angler moved to PSG I was just going to say uh, Sam Kerr On that She is now In this tournament She is now Within two goals Of the old, Well She's two goals Behind Lisa Devana Who has the All time record For the women's National team of Australia She has 47 47, Lisa Devanna, Sam Kerr, 45. So you'd imagine whether it's this tournament or another time, she's going to fly past that.
1: Oh, she's coming up to it. Two giants of the women's game as well. Um, how old is Sammy? Is she mid-20s? Uh, is
0: that it? Uh, She is. I'm
1: wondering if she can get to 100 goals in her career. So 27, okay. No, pro- uh,
0: probably not. Probably not 100, though. Probably not 100, but no. De- I mean Definitely That's in 95 games Since 2009 So Wow She'd probably have to play another On that rate On that scoring rate She'd probably have to play Like another 100 games 100 Yeah But I mean she, She's probably scoring At a much bigger rate Than she used to though So
1: That's a know. fair point She's got She's scoring a goal Every two games And that is What a phenomenal return For an international footballer
0: Yeah, 100% um, And then you look so at yeah. her record At club level And it's just kind of it's a bit stupid to be honest. Like it's Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous like it's a little um, bit FIFA. It's <laughs> We've got Wikipedia up but um, Thank Wikipedia you. only shows uh, <laughs> domestic league appearances. But it's 22 goals in 26 league games for Chelsea. <laughs> 35 in 43 for Chicago. It was 28 in 40 for Sky Blue FC, whoever the hell they are. It says, i uh, got it here. It says NY Gotham FC, Gotham. New York? In New Jersey somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Perth Glory. <laughs> 52 goals in 49 games for Perth. <laughs> so, it's a little bit to... ridiculous. Oh, my God. Go, yeah. Come back to the A-League, Sam, please. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, good on her. Um, good on the Matildas. We'll be watching that with a, a keen eye. In the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, fucking go to the Tillys, man. coming week. Yeah, because um, it's all going to be wrapped up by next week, right? are going to be wrapped up. Yeah.
0: Do you have anything else on the Matida, Mat, 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 Matildas? Matidas. The Matildas. Sponsored by Nissan. <laughs> Nissan, Nissan Matildas. Have you got anything else on them? No, nah, not on the Tillys. in just,
1: general? Uh, there was a couple other things I wanted to say. Um, go on. Adverts during the football, No. Let's just, Uh, Channel 7, please. For the love of fucking God, do not take a break and play as an opportunity to slam some sort of corporate sponsorship down my throat. That's not what this game is about.
0: Absolutely triggering, hey. More triggering than the loss. We're seeing ads in football games.
1: That was what pissed me off more. I expected the loss. I didn't expect to be advertised mid-game.
0: The other one I don't get is they've got like their, uh, what is it, like 876 channels online or whatever it is. And they've got their um, they've got seven mate and seven showing Olympics, and then for absolutely no reason at all, at halftime you have to change to a different channel seven to keep watching. The game. <laughs> no, go from seven mate to seven to watch the second half, and <laughs> just I just don't, yeah, whatever, whatever. Channel seven, you do you. I'm glad they didn't win the rights for any football.
1: I'm glad they didn't bid because they'll probably bury at fucking two in the morning again. Yeah. Absolute bastards. Anyway, uh, another (laughs) refusing to put the ball out while a player is down injured. I say injured in inverted comments. (laughs) That is definitely, truly in the Olympic spirit. (laughs) We We played on, no, we played on in the Egypt game for like two minutes. We did. Post that guy going down on halfway.
0: (laughs) Good. Stop going down injured. Either the referee stops the game or you just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. I'm sick of it. Just keep playing. Make the referee make the decision.
1: Yeah. And if he doesn't want to, then don't. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Then we'll keep playing. Although it looked, like, it looked like Metcalf just blazed away at goal to almost end the whole fucking...
0: <laughs> is it the guy is... To, to keep playing if there's a player on the ground? No,
1: I don't think so. But Metcalf definitely took issue with it. Because at one point he turned around to the bench and said we should kick the ball out, and then twenty seconds later he just blazes it. Yeah, so he thinks it's cheating. He does think it's cheating. Yeah, clearly.
0: Well, I mean, like history has shown us that uh, cheating is a pretty significant part of Olympics. So, I mean, (laughs) if if we're
1: if you look at the medal tally now, I think second and fourth are known cheaters in the game. So you can Russia find out who's who second and fourth. Russia are. who
0: aren't representing Russia. <laughs> I know it's they're the not representing ROC. Russia, but they are representing Russia. So you guys, they the, that. What you will?
1: They're all the same Russian athletes that you know cheated through the state-sponsored drug program. But Whatever. no, they're not they Russian. Play. They
0: don't at all. They don't. They don't play an anthem. That's probably better We could scrap anthems We don't need to keep hearing them Just cut it out I know Oh god I've heard that Fucking American anthem So often You and I Two knobheads on the internet Advocating for Olympic athletes Who've trained their entire life For their (laughs) one single moment (laughs) And we want them To not be able to stand there And listen to a song For 60 seconds (laughs) 90 seconds However long a national anthem goes
1: Uh, What is wrong with us?
0: No, we're good blokes. And
1: the amount of swimming girls that broke down into tears when they were listening to the anthem as well, like it yeah. really means a lot to some people.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, good on them. they are trained their whole life for this stuff. Uh, it's just not for me.
1: They do. No. No, they do. It doesn't discount the fact that they've been given opportunities far greater than most Australians, but that is a different conversation.
0: Uh, here we go. Leave that there. No. Uh, yeah, not getting football into it. related yeah, football related. I thought we could just talk about
1: the PL quickly. Um, I had a good question for you. Do on. you think Ben White will be a better signing than Rafael Rav- uh, Varane this season? Uh, ben White uh, has obviously gone to Arsenal for 50 million, and Varane has gone to Manu for, I think it's 43 plus add ons. So, I similar
0: price range. Ben White has the potential to be a better player than Rafael Varane.
1: <clears throat> yep,
0: definitely. I think Arsenal will perform significantly worse than Manchester United. <laughs> but I would still rather, you know, I think Ben White is a... I'd rather have Ben White than have Raphael Varane.
1: I would also rather have... Because I was, I was speaking about it with my Man United supporting housemate this morning. They're very psyched. They're obviously psyched. They've signed Sancho. They've yeah. signed Varane. Yeah. They've finally got some good signings. Finally. And... They're they're a little finally. bit up and about. Finally, are we going to run? They the never signed anyone.
0: Are we going to? Do you have it in front? You? Do you have Do you have it in front of you? Oh, I don't have I don't have it directly in front of me. But in the past <laughs> five years, we can just rattle off some names. Um, it's it is good that Man United finally have Sancho and Varane, two good signings. Finally, they are good because signings. Yes. Over the last five years, they've only managed to sign players like. Pogba, Lukaku, Ibrahimovic, Matic, Cavani, Alexis Sanchez, uh, Harry Maguire, wan uh, mm-hmm. Some They got this Portuguese guy, Bruno Fernandes, in the midfield. They signed him. <laughs> they signed this guy who was wicked for Ajax, and they put him on the bench. What's his name? Vanderbeek. So, you know, they. it's about time they finally made some good signings, though. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy for I'm so happy for Man United. I'm so happy all those fans that are, you know, they wake up every morning and they feel sad about being the most successful club in England. They finally can uh, have something to be happy about. The poor poor Man United fans, you've got to feel for them.
1: They've been so hard done by. I mean, it must be tough going five years without winning a trophy, you know, despite having a net spend of almost minus a billion over the last 10 years. But, you know, sure, sure, sure. It's been tough. It's been tough. And I'm glad you guys are feeling better about yourselves.
0: <laughs> Good on you, May United fans. Anyway, did you My, an um, there about Sancho and Varane? Oh, you asked me about Varane and uh, White, didn't you? We've done that.
1: Yeah, we've done that. But Good on lot. Varane and Sancho, it did spin off into the pair of us considering what constitutes a world-class player. Because there's a lot of chat about both of yes. these guys being world-class. We were having this
0: discussion this morning. Yes.
1: I would argue that Varane is actually coming off the worst season he's had in potentially six years.
0: And so, a guy that... That's a very fair point.
1: Yeah, he... France obviously crashed out of the Euros quite spectacularly. You know, mainly citing defensive woes as their their main issue, which he was a big part of. And Real Madrid won fuck all, or next to fuck all this season. You know there was, There's some individual stats That look like Varane is probably going to be A good signing for United Just giving his Aerial prowess And given that Manu conceded uh, I think I read that it was 13 goals from set pieces He's probably going to be A good addition yep. In that sense Yeah But He's is certainly... he a player That is on the downward Spiral Is he come out of his peak now?
0: Hard to know He's I think because uh, he had some long-term injuries, <clears throat> he's younger. Um, Should acknowledge that, yeah. I think he's look. He's no doubt a good player, and it's a good signing, but uh, be careful of that Real Madrid tag. Like I've seen people getting carried away with like you know look at his look at what he's won in his life. He's like you know all those team awards that Real Madrid have won, but you know you can't say that he himself was like. Such a significant contributor To them getting all those awards And all those trophies uh, He had a big partnership with Ramos When it worked Ramos, he could probably thank Ramos For him looking probably better than he is um, That's one of those things Like you put You put anyone in that position next to a player Like Sergio Ramos, they're going to be You know They're going to look good as well So
1: Yeah, yeah. they're going to look very good
0: but He will, He will be a good signing Um, You know I just wouldn't get Too carried away I think Because there seems To be a lot of surprise That not a lot of clubs Were in for him May United were Seemingly the only club That were after him And It seemingly Is a cheap Transfer For a I guess uh, Quotation marks Star From Real Madrid So I think It has been described. kind of reflects It probably kind of reflects The level To be honest Yeah It is is no one It's not you know, he's no superstar. But if no one else is in for him, exactly, what
1: kind of... It's all about supply and demand, isn't it? And if you're the only one demanding, how good is the supply? So, yeah. remains to be seen. I would... I've said it, uh, you know, I'm going to say it a lot this season. Ben White is going to be the better transfer. That's going to be the better signing. And if you, you know, if Man United actually wanted to win the Premier League this season, I think they should have signed Ben White over Rafael Varane, but...
0: Well, I think they should have... So it will be.
1: be... Do you think they still will sign a six? They've got... Now they that they've do. signed the winger they, they and the centre-back, that, those were the three positions they identified. So there's still a six to come, I would imagine. But I, do, I can't see who it... There's, you know, rumblings that it's going to be Calvin Phillips. It's not going to be Calvin Phillips. Look look somewhere else. It's not, <laughs> it's not KP. What it's just a to... similar... But Similar to Chelsea trying to sign Harland. Like,
0: yeah, come and sign Metcalf. Or oh, oh, Bacchus. Sign Bacchus. Sign Bacchus, May And then you'll finally have a good signing. <laughs> oh, who would have
1: thought? In amongst the Memphis Depays yeah, no, and I the Freds and the Luke um, Shaws. <laughs> yeah, who would, who would have thought? Um, the entire team is signed from elsewhere other than McTominay. Like, what yeah, all right. We cool? made
0: our point. We made our point. All right, all right, all right.
1: I'm going to hear everyone show, what about Rashford and Greenwood? All right, I get it. I get it. Three players, um, well done.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the issue with Ben White will be the concern that Arsenal fans would have is they spent big on William Saliba last season mm-hmm. and then ended up just loaning him out back to France. So, and their defence was fucking crap.
1: I think their centre-back partnership this season will be Saliba and White. And you should just roll the dice... Play these guys, get them familiar with one another. I can't
0: see Arteta doing it.
1: He has to do it. He's got nothing to lose now because he has, he nothing, should, but he has nothing. He has nothing to gain anymore.
0: I think Arteta, he should, but I don't think he
1: will. That's okay. Fair. Yeah, totally fair. He, but do you think he has to show some kind of ambition this season because he's had two very easy seasons where he's been able to fail and not. Make any real inroads, or yes. you know, any sort of progression that you know that you can noticeably see. He has to throw everything against the wall this season.
0: Yeah, he's been let off the hook a bit. Um, it's enough of this, like this necessity of having. Oh, I need the experienced heads of like William and David Luiz. You don't just dump them. Oh, no. just dump them and let the kids do their thing. You've signed no, the them for a reason because you think they're good enough. If you they're good enough for you to sign them and bring them to a club then you have to play them.
1: I agree. and I think Leeds are going through a similar thing where we've got our under-23s won the Premier League 2 competition. And so they're in the Premier League 1 now. And there's a whole host of youngsters there that look like they're ready for a first-team berth. And you just, you have to take the plunge at some point. You see Chelsea now, they're in a massive sell-off of all of these players that Frank Lampard identified as being the future of Chelsea. And yep. all of a sudden they're, they're moving elsewhere. Yep. And they, you wonder with the premier league, are the best sides aided by playing their youth players or are they aided by bringing in foreign talent at, you know, obscene sums who knows. Yep.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Um, We'll probably, I think in the coming weeks, we'll talk more about the Premier League because it's already around the corner. There's it's just two, two weeks here, away. A never-ending smorgasbord of football. It's so good. Say it like it's um, a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one more thing to. I just wanted to mention. Uh, obviously, we're doing a bit of Ange watch, but Ange's Celtic side play Midgieland tomorrow. I wear my bills, Midgieland second leg tomorrow, Uh moment. Bill came on last week in the first leg, came off the bench with 20 minutes to go. They drew one all. Um, so either way, an Aussie's going through to the next round of the Champions League qualifiers. And interestingly, I just noted earlier tonight that the game is being broadcast on Stan Sport. Stan yeah. Sport, having uh, recently got the... They got the Champions League rights from under Optus' nose somehow. And uh, they're showing some qualifiers, which... Uh, Optus have never done So that's a good move already The only concern I have obviously is You cannot just get As far as I'm aware You can't just subscribe to Stan Sport You need to subscribe to Stan And then pay an extra subscription To have Stan Sport So you have to pay for for two subscriptions You can't just get Stan Sport Without Stan Which is a bit... I think that's a bit of a... That could be a bit of a marketing disaster, to be honest. For them. It's, essentially,
1: it's essentially the way Optus entered the market where they were like, you can't buy the Premier League unless you have an Optus contract. And Stan are going to figure out, or Channel 9 are going to figure out pretty quick that, no, you have to make it an all-in-one inclusive product and just level the pricing field out so that the consumer wants to buy it and you can make money off of it. This, I mean, I mean this came down to the Western Sydney guy buying the rides without the financial capital to back it and then yep. ended up just throwing them away to the first network that came sniffing to them. Yeah, And so he made a loss on that and <clears throat> Stan Sports maybe made a gain on it relative to however many sign-ups they get, out, I'm not sure.
0: I think they're... I don't know how much they would have looked at... I don't know what the kind of stats and things are available, but they might be banking on people uh deciding that uh they want the Champions League no matter what and so they're willing to pay for Stan and Stan Sport uh, it's a harder
1: sell than the it's a harder sell than the Premier it's League it's a harder sell
0: because it like for, for sure me, I, it was as simple as like I cancelled my phone my contract ran out with Vodafone I just went and got an Optus phone done I got Optus if not you can pay if not you can just subscribe to Optus Sport without having to pay for other stuff so you mm-hmm. can pay like the $15 a month like you do with Netflix like you do with other stuff like that um, I don't know why Stan don't have that as an option as well I don't know why you can't just go I want to subscribe to Stan Sport, done So I don't know how many people It's It seems maybe a step too far To ask people to subscribe to Stan And then get the add-on for the sport Like, I don't know, I think they're clutching a bit But we'll see how it goes We know people get desperate for Champions League So who knows
1: who knows I'm with you I think they will <clears throat> I think this will fail Dismally I think they'll change it Midway through the Champions League campaign You know Who knows Maybe they've got some Football guys inside And they know that The group stages Aren't going to be Hot and heavy With sign ups And you're going to get The sign ups Come the knockout stages then they'll but, have a
0: push Come the knockout yeah. yeah I don't know Because I'm trying to work out Like I don't know What else Stan Sport has Available to people But like I know they've got... We've talked about it before. They've got super rugby.
1: Yeah. Like, and the, Croat, the Croatian basketball and weird shit like that.
0: No, that was the guy. That was the other guy. The guy that bought the Champions League rights.
1: They yeah. bought everything off of him.
0: Everything. So everything yeah, so him. they've got...
1: Yeah, they've got the Croatian fucking basketball now.
0: Do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. they've got... So they've got... Like they almost absorbed him. The Wallabies, Champions League. Yeah. They've got... They've purchased... Wimbledon. uh, Oh, Roland Garros. So, they've got that stuff as well. Is it enough for someone to make two subscriptions? I don't know. So. Not
1: now. This seems just like a real cash grab by Channel 9 trying to make you pay for the sport that you could once watch for free on free-to-air television.
0: Yeah. I mean, I did say I wasn't sure. I'm trying to like as Far as I was aware originally, and from what people have told me tonight, you can't buy them separately. Um, I don't think you can looking, no. looking on the website here, it says $10 add on to a stand plan. So, you know, what's stand like 12, 13 bucks a month? Add another 10. You know, it's, it's looking pretty pricey just for Champions League football every you know, couple of times a month.
1: Yeah, you're at KO prices now just for one. One specific tournament of one yep. discipline of football. Like, Unless you're that
0: not. into super rugby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, hey, maybe there's a crossover. Yeah. Champions right. League fans and super rugby
0: fans. Well, that's probably enough ranting uh, for tonight. Um, I don't know if you've got anything else to add, but we might just wrap it there.
1: That should do it, I think. We'll have a, pre- well, we'll have probably a European preview pod coming
0: up I would say if not next week the week after Uh, if not next week definitely the week after for the bigger European leagues coming back um, where we need to turn into night hours completely again so we can actually watch Exactly. Um, Exactly. although there hasn't really been a break it's just been continuous so we'll get (laughs) to that it's been good we'll come back next week Uh, yeah thanks for listening
1: Ciao. Well on everyone.